0: Do you ever feel like your family's committed to wonderful things, but each of you is being pulled in different directions? Maybe you're left feeling exhausted or disconnected. Well, today's guest, Scott and Ashley Beebe, share how they tuned into the precious time they had together with their family and started saying no to all the right things. The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins Now. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast.
1: Every couple wants to have a great marriage, but the trials and challenges of life pull us in different directions.
0: So we talk with amazing couples who share their stories and incredible experts who share their wisdom about building a life together.
1: And at the end of every show, we give you a conversation starter so you and your spouse can build more intimacy and connection in your marriage By having conversations that matter.
0: Hello there, friendly. Hello. It's it's Danielle and Justin, and this is episode 113. So whether you've been listening... Since 2016, oh my gosh, that's a long time. It's a long time. Or you just found us. Welcome to the show.
1: It's a new year and lots of new listeners. So here's a few ways you can join in on the adventure. Number one is subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. This means so much to us. It helps us know uh, what kinds of episodes you're loving and all of that. But it also helps us show up when people go to search there for marriage and family Podcast
0: impacting more couples and share an episode with a friend. Um, we know you have lots of favorite episodes of the show, just like we do.
1: Yo, 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 smash that share button.
0: Join the conversations in our free community on Facebook legendarymarriage.com. com. we have the most
1: amazing community. community group on Facebook. Like I know. seriously. Men and women and we're all talking about all kinds of stuff from the episodes of the show and life and love and everything.
0: I would I would really love to like have an in-person meeting of all the people in that group what? someday. It would be amazing.
1: Let's do it. Let's
0: do it. Okay. Put that in the works. Put that on the list. The first
1: Legendary Marriage community meetup.
0: I know. Oh, my gosh. Where would we have it?
1: Someplace warm and sunny on a beach. I don't know.
0: All right. And the last thing is, hey, join our marriage challenge. Uh, it's yeah. the 4x4 Marriage Challenge. Four days of four simple things to really build more intimacy and connection in it's your marriage. A
1: super easy way to dive in and start making a big difference in your relationship with some really small things.
0: All right. Legendarymarriage.com slash 4x4. All right. right. Before we introduce our guests, a few words from our sponsors.
1: Sponsor words.
0: Freshly. Have you heard (laughs) about Freshly, Justin? Let's talk about dinner. I haven't. Tell
1: me about Freshly.
0: All right. You know, uh, we are running a business. We got a crazy life. Love the idea of Freshly. We've got Chef Prepared. All-natural gourmet meals delivered to your doorstep in a weekly subscription. What? Yeah, it's all good stuff. I mean, whole natural ingredients, every meal packed with high-quality proteins, none of that yucky stuff like gluten, refined sugars, or artificial additives. Dun, dun,
1: dun. All right,
0: meals, they arrive fresh, they're not frozen, ready to eat in three minutes. So,
1: Boom! I love it. I love it.
0: Jump on LegendaryMarriage.com slash Freshly to get 30% off your first month and start enjoying Freshly today.
1: Awesome. And then, of course, there is our Legendary Marriage store. Yes, We have collaborated with Amazon to curate uh, some lists of ideas. Uh, First up, of course, is all the resources and books and things like that, that our guests on the podcast have come and shared. Want to grab them? And then there's great ideas for for him, for her, gifts for yourself, for your spouse, whatever. I've got a list. Danielle's got hey, a list. Hey, guess
0: what? Valentine's Day is coming up. Lots of good ideas. So jump on legendarymarriage.com slash Amazon and get all that Amazon wonderfulness that you know you get anyway. And guess what? Um, you can help support the Legendary Marriage Podcast by buying your Amazon items there. So hit it awesome. up and get shiappin'. So on the show today, we have Scott and Ashley Beebe. So Scott, he's the founder and head coach in MyBusinessOnPurpose.com. He's got his own podcast and he helps small business owners just tune into the like kind of work balance work-life balance kind of chaos that goes on and help them, you know, gain some traction there. But he and his wife, Ashley, they have paired up to help families just really secure a vision for their family, where they're going in the future, what they can say yes to, what they can say no to. So today on the show, they're going to share their story of how they got to that place. um, And they're really... Given us some practical ideas of how we can do that with our family and learn how to do that, so yeah, super cool.
1: This one really hit home. It's it, it was like talking to us in a way.
0: I know <laughs> we're like, yeah, we like that I'm too. Like, we do,
1: I love too. it. I love it. I was, I was kind of felt myself going, uh, wanting to go see, see, see to, to the audience listening, like, see, this is what we talk, this is what we said. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Uh, see, see, other people think this too. We're not crazy, we're not crazy. I'm not crazy. Um, Nobody thinks you're crazy. But no, it was, it was a great conversation. Um, actually, I can't wait to talk to them again sometime because uh, they, just, they have such a level of intentionality and a, and a great story about how they got there, mm-hmm. about looking at, at where they were and how old their kids were. And you know, really, how much time do you have?
0: I'm tearing up. I can't even talk about it. I'm getting verklempt. All right. Let's just get <laughs> to our conversation with Scott and Ashley Beebe.
1: All right, I am here with Scott and Ashley Beebe. And Scott is the founder and head coach of My Business on Purpose and the host of the Business on Purpose podcast. And together they have three little humans, not so little, 17 years old, 15 and 14, getting ready to send the first one off to college. What was it? 213 213
2: days from the time of this recording. That's right. Wow. Yeah. How y'all feel about that?
3: It's it's funny because I would never have been able to articulate this, but you feel happy and sad all at the same time. Yeah. Happy because we're so excited about the opportunities um, and a little bit sad just to realize how quickly the past Almost eighteen years have passed
1: yeah isn 't that interesting? I, I think it takes those moments like that, those catalytic or, or really big moments in life to to help us remember uh, how important every day is
2: well those the the big kind of i don 't want to call it looming, that sounds like a depressing word, but the kind of emerging <laughs> moments that are coming up what we're finding they do is add a ton of spice to the pretty mundane moments that are happening like last night at our house. You know, everybody's home. We have recently installed a, I don't want to call it a rule. Maybe it's more of a guideline that we would prefer uh, devices not be on carpeted places, which are all of the bedrooms in our house. And so it's forced all humanity in our house to, if they want to look at their devices, they got to be on a hardwood floor. And if they want to be on a hardwood floor, they're going to have to be in a public space and so we're finding ourselves physically together more and because of the 213 days we're starting to realize wow i we really like this like we really really like even if somebody's looking at something else just the physical proximity has been really great yeah
1: and does that physical proximity lead to more relational connection
3: yeah for sure i mean just what scott was saying about even if even if we're all on individual devices or doing our own thing, reading a book or d- doing some type of work, the proximity allows for just spontaneous conversation. Oh, I forgot to tell you about this. And it sparks, you know, a little bit of conversation and, and then we get back to whatever we were working on before. Yeah.
1: Speaking of spontaneous conversation, we're like beginning this whole conversation at the end. <laughs> so, so welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks. Um, I, I want to kind of begin at the beginning. How did you all meet? Like, share some of your story, uh, how the two of you came together to to be at this point where 3, 213 days away from sending your first off to college.
3: So I grew up in South Carolina and attended the University of South Carolina, where I met. Scott. Scott grew up all over the United States and landed in South Carolina for high school and then college. And so we were friends throughout, um, throughout college. And we began dating toward the end of college. I graduated. Um, and then three weeks later we were married and I
2: tried to date three times, by the way, she turned me down the first two. So the oh. first, that, that's a whole, that's another podcast episode, but three I, times I have to get that in there. She made it sound so easy and smooth. I'm so, just,
3: just trying to yeah. keep, um, and so th- we married three weeks after I graduated college, and three weeks after that, this small-town girl from South Carolina packed up and moved uh, with her new husband to uh, Fort Worth, Texas, um, first got to attend uh, graduate school there. You take it yeah, away?
2: and so we were in seminary on Fort Worth, graduated there in 01, uh, I worked in business uh, right about the month I graduated. Uh, we had our oldest daughter at that point. And uh, my ambition of being in seminary was uh, just kind of a faith growth moment for us. And I really had no ambition to be uh, a pastor or a minister or anything like that. And so was in business while we were in seminary, graduated, ended up going to work for Pfizer. We moved to Augusta, Georgia, uh, lived there for about a year and a half. That's where this, this um, dichotomy of, of wrestling back and forth between business and ministry and faith and work and all of these things. I mean, it was, a, it was turmoil for me. Uh, There's a lot of internal wrestling. And poor Ashley, she just kind of hung on as I've essentially for over a decade really wrestled with this. And so we were at Pfizer for a couple of years. And then we ended up going on staff at a church out in the mid-cities of Fort Worth, Dallas area uh, their strategy was planting churches. So we went South Fort Worth and helped plant a church down there. And then that was crazy for two or three years. And then we moved out to where we're at now in the low country of South Carolina and moved out here initially to help a guy plant a church. What didn't want to be on staff. Went back to work in the business community. But while we were doing that, the church plant that we started, we started taking uh, small groups of guys into Nigeria and doing some what's called domain work. So we started to serve people in a certain locale, uh, not through typical kind of missionary process, but more through business domains, agricultural domains, things like that. And so that lasted for a while while I was in business. Uh, And Ashley stayed at home predominantly for the first, what, 14 years Mm -hmm. uh, after we had had our kids. And then she started going back into teaching uh, in elementary school. And then uh, about 2013, got asked to go, lead the organization that we were volunteering with was a non-governmental organization. Two years after that, in a harrowing story that was really a pit for our life, uh, my position got dissolved because of an internal board conflict uh, really had nothing to do with. And that's when the business on purpose platform started. And so for the last four years, we've had the privilege as a business to be able to liberate small business owners from their chaos and really deliver life into their business and into their homes. And while doing that as a family, uh, we're kind of at the half point runway when that started of getting our kids to launch point. And so we're getting much closer to the end of that runway now, obviously. Uh, but that's a little, little background into yeah. our world.
1: You know, you said uh, for the first few years, really rest, you were wrestling with uh, the, the, the pull between business and ministry and everything. And I'm, I'm curious what was in, in your thinking there because I was in this very similar place. Mm, mm, I worked yeah. in ministry for about fifteen years, and it was it was a constant kind of a of a, a tug of war internally.
2: Yeah, what was in that for you? So I will I'll I'll, I'll answer that question directly, but then I want Ashley to talk about. From her perspective, and how to <laughs> how to play an in-house counselor to all of that, <laughs> um, and and so I think in my head, what was happening is I I had had this deep growing faith that I had a conviction of, and as I looked at business, I could see the best of business and the worst of business all at the same time, and and I think if I were to verbalize what it felt like, Justin is the idea that when when somebody says well, I had to fire that person, but it's just business. It's just business. Oh my gosh. I, I, I would just cringe at that statement. And yet if you're in the business community, you hear it a lot, but it's just, that's just a business decision. And now it's taken us, it's taken us 15, 18 years to get to this point, but we finally realized, wait a second. It, and, and actually it's the most ironic, um, uh, person or group of people who taught me this, but it was our Muslim friends in Nigeria who taught me about the overlap of everything. So they don't have segmented lives where they have home, work, faith, uh, you know, all this. Everything intersects. And so what I started to realize is there is not a human on earth that can suck the emotion out of what happens at work and keep that at bay from going home. There's also not a human on earth who can suck the emotion out of home and not keep that at bay for what's going on at work. So whatever happens at either place, it's going to infect the other. And so that was the wrestling back and forth. And I thought my profession was what would solve that. And it's not the profession that solves that. It's the profession that allows us to live out the skill set that we have. But that's a totally different kind of mindset issue. Does that make sense, Justin? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I, I, like I think about that, that uh, division between work and life and, and everything. And that it really only came about around the, um, the industrial revolution.
2: Right, because right. really,
1: before that, families were—they were co-laborers, co-habitators. I mean, they were in it together, husbands and yeah, wives right. and, and kids, and 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 it was really around that that pulled, particularly men, out of the the household oh. and started creating this this wrestling match internally.
2: Which, by the way, leads to some of the male crisis yes. that we're seeing today. Again, a whole different conversation, but that that by no means is segmented from what we're seeing among just men today. But but a lot of this, this adventure over the last 15 to 18 years of this faith and work discussion, uh, this is where I want Ashley to speak because the wrestling, especially as a guy, there are some, you know, men are like waffles, women are like spaghetti. That book says there are some boxes in my head that have thoughts but no words. And so the patience of Ashley to allow me to, Thoughtfully work through those things, even though I couldn't verbalize what they were saying. So,
3: yeah, I think um, just going back to the serving in ministry and then kind of shifting out of the full time ministry role um, kind of came from. The, we grew. We both grew up in Christian homes and um, traditional church backgrounds, and so, you know, when we were coming out of college and, and beginning our life together, it was we didn't understand. We thought that the the only way to serve in ministry or to or to live out your callings and your passions from a faith based perspective was to do it through traditional church ministry roles or traditional uh, missionary roles. And so I think the wrestling that Scott went through and that our family went through over um, 15 years or so um, had to do with that Wrestling, And then we finally, I don't know if it was through maturity or time or just understanding of our individual faith walks, realized that, no, you can live out your passions and your callings using your gifts in a variety of ways, not only through the traditional church roles, but um, in just the world around you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think Danielle and I have been on a similar journey uh, in a big way. So that that really resonates what what were kind of the values or the, the things uh, underneath that that the two of you were were holding to in the midst of that journey?
2: so I, I think there 's a couple of of what uh, we 'll call them macro values and micro values. Um, sure. The macro values are the larger things at play, like I would have mentors in my life ashley 's had mentors in her life. And so we had people who are farther along spiritually and quite frankly, chronologically than we are. Um, sure. there's, you know, there, there's, there's 50 year old boys in men's bodies that still exist today. And I get that, but there's also a value of a, of a man for in my world and a lady in Ashley's world who has matched chronology with maturity. And when you can merge those two things together and root that within the truth of God's word, all of a sudden you've got, you've, you've got a stir pot of wisdom at that point. And so not asking permission to be quote mentored, but just spending time with those guys. And I've got a, a couple of guys here that I call my wisdom mentors. They're over 50. We go sit down and I'm really honest with them to say, Hey man, I don't have much to offer you. I I need from you, like I need to learn and to grow from you. And so I I think that was probably a macro principle. The other one is the the principle, and I know this might sound really religiously heady, but the principle of the kingdom of God. And I, I, I don't know that it's worth digging down into what that means, just go read about it. But the reality of realizing that life cannot simply be about money, raising kids, having a marriage that doesn't end in divorce, you know, getting a house and and all those things, it cannot end in that because it's so futile. Um, it's so empty if it's just for that end, Hey, we've been married for 60 years. Great. But, but what did that bear? What fruit did that bear? And so
1: we ask that question of couples all the time. Like, why, why did you get married? Mm. And it's, it's, it's funny. And like I, I have mixed emotions about it, but the re the answer is often because that's what you do.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: right. It's it's because my theology dictates it, my culture dictates it, the society dictates it. It's the natural progression, and and then the the follow up question is often, so what's the purpose of of mm. your marriage? Mm. And it it's usually buy a house, pop out a couple kids, uh, you know retire someday and try not to end up divorced Mm. like man that's a low bar Mm -hmm. that is a low bar but we often kind of settle into that so where do we go from there like what does it look like for for you all to create a, a picture of of something bigger than that
3: So I think we were talking off the air before we started recording about the countdown of our um, 17-year-old daughter graduating from high school and and moving into college uh, this fall. And I think it was about six years ago um, when she was in the sixth grade, um, Scott woke up one morning and it just kind of hit him like a ton of bricks our first child will be graduating in, in six years. And there's a Psalm that says, teach us to number our days so that we may walk in wisdom. And so at the time when when our daughter was in sixth grade, we had a fourth grade son and a second grade son. And we were just going in, tons of different directions, um, both working full-time, children in a variety of activities. And we were just kind of flying by the seat of our pants, just surviving, getting from one activity to the next, to the next, and we were coming home exhausted. And I think that the light bulb that went off when, when Scott realized how quickly time was passing caused us to just kind of stop in our tracks and look back and think, is this all worth it? Why are we going in all different directions? Why are we continually saying yes to all of these wonderful opportunities? And the great blessing of living in America is having all of these opportunities, but it can also be very, um, what's the word? Exhausting and you can have decision fatigue because there's so many choices. And so I think that was a turning point for our family to realize we need to be very intentional about the decisions that we're making for our family, because time is going by so quickly. And we don't want to wake up six years from now and, you know, just be exhausted and not have strong relationships with one another and, and all those things. And so it, it was kind of a process from that point of create of, of trying to figure out well what it what are our family values and so beginning to kind of articulate those as a way to have um, a filter for when opportunities come our way and how we can make decisions based on what our family values and maybe maybe it's a, a good opportunity for one person out of our family of five but is it is it what's best for our family and so that was a big that was a big turning point for us. Mm -hmm.
1: Stay tuned for more of the Legendary Marriage Podcast.
3: All right. So all of
0: December, we gave away 60-minute breakthrough coaching sessions and it was a blast. We got to talk with some amazing couples who are fighting together to build legendary marriages. Yeah,
1: it was so much fun. We decided we're just going to keep doing it. Let's do it. Coaching has changed our lives and our marriage. And we went through a crisis in 2005. We didn't know if we would make it. Like, obviously we did. And coaching's a big part of why we're still here. And, mm-hmm. and it became such a big part that we're both coaches now. And 10 years have gone by, uh, more than 10 years have gone by, and all kinds of trials and challenges. And yet our marriage has never been stronger. High and five, babe. Yeah. High five. Boo. So maybe you're like we were. Uh, maybe you're in a really tough season. Maybe you're not sure how to find a way through it together. Maybe you're doing okay, but just feel like something's missing. Maybe it's something about the relationship. Maybe it's just something in your own piece of life. Why not take an hour to get some clarity, create a plan to build a life, a love, and a legacy together. Just head over to legendarymarriage.com coaching and schedule your free breakthrough session today.
0: All right, so whether you're feeling that weariness um, or you just want to get a jump on 2019 goals, we'll give you a sounding board and get you radically clear about what's important. So wherever you're at, whatever you're up to, we want to help. No strings attached. We won't be trying to sell anything. We'll simply help you identify and process that thing that might be having you feeling stuck. And we'll get you a clear strategy to take action to get you where you want to go. So le- legendarymarriage.com slash coaching to claim your free 60 minute breakthrough coaching session and make
1: 2019 the best year ever make
0: it legendary
1: yes legendary and now back to our show do you have do you have those values in a way that you can describe them for people because i'm sure people listening are, are really curious
3: Yes. So through that process, and I guess it, it was several years as, you know, we we kind of worked through this. And so we started creating our own family vision and we sat down with our children and, and Scott came up with us, you know, a set of questions that we, you know, we answered. and
2: I was, I had a little bit of a head start just because of my professional bent and what I do. Uh, for small business owners. So we essentially took our vision framework that we use to articulate small. Now, let me, let me give a little bit of a contrast. We're not talking about a vision statement here. So this isn't a sentence or two sentence. We do have a mission statement as a family to be a light through adventure, creativity, and time around the table. Ooh, that's a, wow, that's love it. Yeah, that's a mission statement. And we repeat it all the time. Uh, and so we value time around the table. We had it last night as a family. We've had it many nights this week, which is rare. As a family, and and it's something we value. Well, a vision story is pages in length, it's detail. And so, what a vision is, ancient wise, Old Testament, this isn't brand new, Peter Drucker stuff. A vision is a detailed snapshot of the future of your blank business, family, uh, whatever it might be. And so, what we wanted to do was force families to expand their mind and force ourselves to expand our mind to go, What in this period of time, and that's usually the first section of articulating a vision, how far out is this? In this period of time, what do you see? And spell it out in detail. And so, for instance, if you were to ask me, or if I were to ask you, hey, Justin, you want to come to the low country of South Carolina? Yeah, you don't know. I don't know that I have enough information. That's a statement. Versus, hey, Justin, do you want to come to an incredibly beautiful climate that's got swaying three uh, hundred year live oak trees, Spanish moss, beautiful palm trees. Twenty minutes away from the beach, the backyard goes straight into a brackish creek where you can go catch shrimp and watch dolphin. And and I, I mean, now I've give, I'm I'm compelling you with detail. And my
1: bags are halfway
2: packed. Right, right. Now on the flip side of that. Habakkuk 2 says, write the vision down, write the vision down. There's very pragmatic advice so that those who read it may run. Now you may, Justin, decide not to run towards this. You might run away from it. But what I've done is I've made you decide, put kind of a, a fork and you've got to decide yes or no. And if, it, if it's no, no hard feeling, that's, that's fine. I've articulated my vision and you can either choose to go in or go out. Yeah. So when we're looking at vision and this, this goes for business, it goes for home, it goes for anything. God's having this conversation uh, with the old Testament prophet and the prophets whining a bit and God finally has enough and he just stops and he tells Habakkuk, write the vision down so that those who read it may run. And, we are in the throes of, of the privilege of being able to lead teenagers right now. And if there is a crucial element of parenting teenagers that we're learning, um, with the, the, the results are not in yet, by the way, so don't take <laughs> things as gospel on this. But, uh, but one thing that I'll tell you this, if we didn't have, uh, this would be much more challenging, and that is some level of vision for our family and so to sit down and articulate that vision gives us gives us a direction in conversation that we otherwise wouldn't have
3: yes yeah, so the way the family vision came about was we were, it was about six years ago and our three children were all in separate activities and there are only two of us. And so we were just kind of passing one another in the night going from activity to activity. And then we would crash in bed at night exhausted. And, you know, the great thing about living in America is we do have so many choices and you, you walk down the cereal aisle and you have endless choices, but oftentimes, especially in parenting, those, um, opportunities can bring a lot of decision fatigue because we want to provide the best for our children all, all the while, um, living within a family. And so learning how to, function as a family and not just centering every decision around the individual child. And so um, the family vision was birthed through that realization of time is passing by so quickly. And yes, there are a host of opportunities um, before us, but what is our best opportunity for our family and what, when our children are grown and look back, what do we want our family to be remembered for? And so we kind of um, started dreaming about, some values, some things that were important to us. And through naming those and writing them down, um, that became a way for us to filter our choices. So when an opportunity came our way, we were able to filter them through our values. And digging even deeper, you know, we started asking questions long term, like what do we want our family to look like when our children are, are teenagers at the time? Um, they were still little. Um, what do we want our family to look like when they go to college? And what do we want our marriage to look like? And what are some of our dreams beyond this initial you know, parenting um, with children at home? And then for our children, kind of what did they envision life looking like for them? And so it was a lot of dialogue around the table, um, kind of dreaming, uh, drawing things out, uh, brainstorming. Um, and through that process, we were able to see some key themes that kind of began to stand out, and, and those were the things that we kind of wanted to make our banner as a family.
1: So, sitting around the table, drawing and talking, uh, like how much in how much did you involve the kids in that?
3: Well, at the time when we started creating our family vision, our children were um, maybe.
2: We had emerging teen, teens and tweens. Teens
3: and tweens. So they were old enough to be able to sit. I mean, they they knew what they were interested in. They knew kind of what they were passionate about at the time. And so we really did involve them a lot um, in the family vision um, planning part of that.
2: Yeah. With younger kids, it, uh, what we tried to do, well, even with our teens and tweens and even with the old man here, is to get Play-Doh, markers, paper, because I you know, yeah. I fiddle and can't concentrate. And, and so even that, as we walk through and ask questions, uh, I would say it took us a solid two hours all in. So a couple of different times sitting down and really drawing this thing out. But the nice thing about it is now, so our mission as a family is to be a light through wisdom, creativity, or wisdom, adventure, and time around the table. And so one of the things that we found in the Little League years was our table wasn't our dinner table. Our table was the bleacher at the local ball yeah. field. Our table was um, the middle section in the car, whatever they call that thing, the middle section of the car where, you know, whoever's up front's eating that front part and the back kids are eating back there. And that yeah. becomes a table, but recognizing that as a separated place to go, hey, this is where we have conversation. And what we started to do in business at, at the beginning of every team meeting in business, we start off our team meetings with big wins. And so we go around the room and in 30 seconds, a minute, everybody shares a big win. Well, in our family, we thought, well, why wouldn't we do the same thing? And so uh, actually some of our extended family calls them peaks and pits. So every night yeah. at dinner or wherever we're at at the table, because we don't get dinner together every night with teenagers, um, what we do is say, hey, let's quick go around peaks and pits of the day so far. And, uh, and that sparks conversation as well. But it's usually around that mission.
1: Mm. And, and what has been the kids' kind of reaction to that? Were they all in? Were they like, eh?
3: Well, it's, it's been neat over time, just as uh, different opportunities have, have come our way. We've been able to sit down and say, okay, well, how does this opportunity, let's just take travel baseball. Um, that was a big um, passion of one of our children years ago. And, and we went that route with, them, with him. Um, and it kind of came to a point where there were other things that he became interested in, and it also became um, something that we were spending every weekend on the on the ball field with him. And we had two other children that were either tagging along or, or they weren't with us. And then the weekend would end, and we realized that we hadn't really spent any time together as a family. And so. You know, that was a lot of conversation with him about how does this fit into our, our family? It's something that you're passionate about, but for our family as a whole, how does this line up with where we're at? And, and, you know, we came to realize this isn't allowing a lot of time around the table. It's not allowing a lot of time for us to check in with one another. Um, it's not allowing for those wisdom conversations or, you know, something like that. And so we realized as much as you enjoy this, there are other opportunities that we could pursue as a family or maybe that wouldn't take up as much time and would allow for more family time. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it, he, he was a part of that process and it was some growing pains for all of us. Yeah. Um, having to say something, having to say no to a good opportunity for hopefully open the door for something that would be better.
1: Yeah, I love how you, you're talking about how just like this process, which vision and values and things for a lot of people can feel really ethereal and just disconnected and like, oh, that was fun. And then it's never... And in a lot of organizations, Scott, I'm sure you've seen this the way I have, a lot of organizations, the mission statement, the values, the vision statement, things like that. They end up being posters on the wall that nobody ever does anything with. But actually... Yeah, they become
2: they become cliche. They're yeah. phrase that we use for a week and a half, and then we retire them to a bookshelf where they collect dust. We don't do anything with them. Now, here's the the hard part of this. Um, I was telling a guy the other day, if you want to run eight miles, if you wanna have the distinction to be a person who I just ran eight miles, the only way to do it is to run eight miles. That's it. There's no other way to run eight miles other than to run eight miles. And so the idea of a vision, the idea of a mission sticking has to come with repetition. If you want a mission to stick to where you can just remember it as you go, like we've gotten to at this point, we didn't get there yesterday. We got there time after, time after time, after time after time, repetition, repetition, repetition. And that repetition has led us to this now to the point where our goals this year, we noticed we did them the other night for our year, just Ashley and I, they really didn't change much from last year because the habits that we implemented and embedded last year, we just want to keep repeating those because those are good habits. And so instead of us coming up with, you know, grand new ideas for this year, which there may come another time for that. But this year, it's really the year. I mean, I guess our banner this year could have been rinse and repeat. So just take what we've been installing and keep doing that. So the repetition, the vision, the mission and the values are only good as much as you're willing to revisit and repeat those things over and over and over again.
1: In in so many ways, I say I tell people consistency trumps talent and it trumps everything else all day. If, if you just keep going, yeah.
3: I was just going to say. So one of the ways that we revisit our family vision on a you know kind of routine basis is maybe every six weeks or so on a Sunday morning, we will um, skip church and kind of do some family devotion time and just pull out our family vision book and just go back through the questions that we had answered and and the goals that we set. And and now that we have our 2019 goals um, and, and dreams, just making it a habit to revisit those and check in with one another. Are we still feeling this way? How's this working out? Are there some things that we need to tweak in order to, you know, continue that growth that, that Scott was just talking about. Um, and so we do make it um, kind of a habitual scheduled time to intentionally check back in on those, that vision and those goals.
1: Yeah. You said vision book. What, what all is in your vision book?
2: Yeah. Well, what we did is we, uh, it's a pretty, it's a pretty fancy plastic binder that we got with three <laughs> rings. So very unusual. Um, and essentially what we did is we put together and, and we've actually put it into. So the only reason we did this is because a couple of years ago, uh, we were working on a vision story for our clients. It's a very deep involved process. And when we got done with it, he looked up and he goes, why, why wouldn't I do this for my family? And it was, it was actually quite convicting because here I am as a business coach getting guys to do the vision for their business. But you know, the thing that's a higher priority for them, we we don't touch. And so what we did is we kind of incorporated all of the steps in the business vision, reworked them a little bit and put it into uh, kind of a family vision that is a series of questions and little exercises that walks a family through how to create all of this stuff. If you just go to createafamilyvision.com, we're not very innovative in our naming, by the way, we typically just name it what it is. So create a family And if you go there, it's a layout of the family vision. And there's a course um, that literally you can go through with your family. I do talk about unicorns in the course. So everybody's welcome, um, which are probably <laughs> subject awesome. to talk about. And we encourage families, again, doesn't matter how old they are, to get some things out, get a table, get, put butcher paper on it and get after it, start writing it down. So we actually have the butcher paper we used is hanging in our attic right now. We just hung it up, so it's always there. But we then have a PDF that with the questions. And so we wrote all our questions uh, answers down with who answered them and all that. Three-hole punched it, put it in our binder. Now our binder's there in the living room. And when we go back over our vision, we literally just, dad pulls it out. and Here we go, let's read through it. Hey, question number two, Braden, you answered this. Is that still true? Yeah. Best of my knowledge. That's still true. Great. Uh, but you answered this. Is that still true? No, not really. Not really interested. Okay. Let's X that out and tweak that a little bit. Oh uh, so
1: yeah. Story, so you're this. revising.
2: Sure. Sure. So yeah. So within. we say that the oh, vision yeah. story is a living document. It's never more than 90 to 95% complete.
1: Yeah. Brilliant. So it not all, it doesn't, it's not just like a checklist item. It's, it is by nature, even a conversation that, that, that matters, that has it's
2: narrative. Confidence. That's yeah. right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So we want, we want meat. We want substance. We don't want to just, yeah, I'll do that. No, I won't do this. Meat and substance so that you can get context for the conversation down the road. But here, here's the magic. We, and I, and I get involved in this too. I'll hear a tool and I go, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And then I'll stop and remember if I want to run eight miles, I got to run eight miles. So the tool's awesome, but you would be amazed just in the number of people. And this is not just this course, but any kind of sure. course, resource, things like that, that will buy into it. And sure. then it just sits. And so the thing I think that we want to encourage people to do is we're doing this right now as a, as a, as a, family is we're trying to implement and failing falling while we're implementing and trying to get yeah. back up. And so there's progress. But there's you know stub your toe progress every now and then.
1: yeah, we fail forward and we and we keep moving forward. yeah well, fantastic. I love the idea the the creativefamilyvision.com so that's a, a great resource. We'll put that in the show notes for people to be able to find as well. You guys thanks so much for for taking time to share some of your story and share your your experience and your wisdom about this. We really appreciate it. Um I right, just Absolutely. one one question one last question for you. It's uh what do you think it takes to build a legendary marriage?
3: I think it takes being each other's number one fan. And cheering the other person on, cheering your spouse on in the lane that they're in and encouraging them to stay in their lane and to use the God-given gifts that they've been given to run their race and to support them as much as you can. Um, And also lots and lots and lots of conversation just communicate, communicate, communicate about everything. And that takes uh, a lot of selflessness because a lot of times you come home from work or are dealing with your children and you're just tired and it would be easier just to, you know, turn on the TV or or go to bed, but just carving out that intentional time to sit and listen to one another.
2: I got nothing to add, Justin. (laughs) The only thing I'm going to mention for you and Danielle and putting this podcast together, it's a lot of work. Uh, We've got a podcast and it's a lot of work. And so I just want to tell you, thank you um, for doing this and Hmm. allowing us to share this stage that you guys have created. We're very, very humbled. The other thing I'll say is uh, our marriage and our family is still very much under construction. And so we do not want to be the couple that comes on here and goes, we nailed it. We're at the top of the mountain. We are not, we are on the side of the mountain. We are climbing. And so take all of this uh, in context, realizing that the two people talking, on, at least on this side, are still very much on the hike.
1: Sure, I think it's important for people to remember that uh, you know it's it's a journey. It's it's not a destination. Marriage no. is not a destination. There is no complete point. It is the adventure.
2: Well, I, actually, ironically, the the completion is dead. That's <laughs> yeah. you know, just like you, you when you're done, you die. That's it.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks so much, guys, for taking time to, to share with us.
0: Okay, this just really makes me realize time is fleeting. It is. You know what? Just a week ago. It,
1: it was after this interview when I started talking to you about like, okay, this summer, we're going to do three big adventures. Mm. Like, I want our summers with the kids to to matter. I want them to, I want us to have these quality experiences uh, because of some of the values we have around adventure and freedom and, and everything.
0: Well, you know what? This really hit me this week. when. Um, so our seven-year-old, she is becoming a social being and yeah. putting herself out there. Uh-huh. And it's scary. And she and I had a conversation about what would it look like to have her first boyfriend. Ah! <laughs> it was so crazy because I thought of, you know how you freeze up? Around like so, you're a preteen, honey. Come on, don't. What just re- happened? <laughs> you're okay. What happened? You're okay, honey. Something. I
1: was talking about summer vacation, and and then something spelling
0: happened. salts, honey. Come what back. Happened? Come back to us. No, I was just saying that. Um, those first moments where you see, like, no, no, what did a you say, boy? You I, to- like, I
1: totally, uh, like, I totally spaced. What did you say?
0: I was talking to our seven-year-old about her first boyfriend, what that might look like. <laughs> I'm sure that's a wonderful noise to hear on the podcast, but no, I was just talking to her about like her future and what to look forward to. Okay. Anyways, I guess we better not talk about that anymore. Um, all right, let's move on now to the talk about it segment of the show. (laughs)
1: All right. And now the talk about it segment of the show. Each week we bring you a conversation starter so that you can have a conversation with your spouse that matters.
0: All right. So here's the question. What do you want your family to look like five years from now?
1: Well, I can tell you right now it doesn't include any dating. Mmm. Not for the kids.
0: I think we need to have these kind of conversations. What does it look like? What are you doing? What's your priorities? What do you spend your time doing? Yeah. Love it. Love it. I Can't think it's a great question because,
1: you know, we get so wrapped up in the day-to-day and and just the the strategic and tactical things of life, yeah. like laundry and everything else. We forget to dream together.
0: Yeah. I, I don't want to be those, the couple that looks and goes, oh my gosh, our kids are going off to college soon. And like, what did we do? And like, we missed it and all that. So... Let's
1: yeah. And the, and the other thing is, this question can be kind of difficult for some folks who are, you know, Enneagram sevens or eights or something like that. What? Because.
0: <laughs> well, the spontaneous maybe it's just people. you.
1: Maybe it's just you. You mean like like when we people that
0: want to live in the moment? You mean when we
1: go? Yes. When I like go? Hey, wouldn't it be awesome to do this? This you know, g- this dream zone kind of thing? Danielle's eyes glaze over and her jaw sets and she just gets really tense and freaked out. Actually,
0: my jaw is setting right now. I can <laughs> feel it. No, I am a spontaneous. So what we person. do?
1: Yeah. What we do is um, like when we're conscious enough of it is to say, "Hey, dream zone for a minute." Like it doesn't. I'm not. I'm not gonna go out and write a check for four hundred thousand dollars to buy a, a motorhome or something today. Okay,
0: okay. My jaw's okay. on set now.
1: All right. There you go. <laughs> so try that dream zone if, you're, if it if you All right. Five
0: years from now. All right. We can have that conversation. All right. That's it for today's show. So as always, we're talking about the hot topics from the podcast and so much more in our free community on Facebook. So join the fun at legendarymarriage.com slash community.
1: You can find this episode and the show notes at legendarymarriage.com slash 113.
0: Lastly, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show so we know how we're doing and other couple can join the family.
1: Yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. This is
0: Danielle and Justin reminding you
1: don't settle for an ordinary marriage.
0: Make yours legendary.